Welcome back to another episode of Checking In. Really excited to have Derek Norman, President of Nortran Freight Management in studio with us. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So excited to, to hear your story, Derek. Um, I, I often say that I want to back up the bus, but I want to make it funny. I want to back up the truck. Back up the truck. That was my, <laughs> beep, beep, my, beep. Big, my big joke. Can you share with us a little bit about yourself just to set the stage sure uh, um i grew up in Kelowna. i wasn't born here i can't say i was born and raised here but i moved here my parents moved here when i was in grade three and uh, have been here ever since never left mm -hmm. and have you know worked a few jobs in Kelowna. and uh, almost 30 years ago 30 years ago next year will be um, our 30th anniversary at nortrans 30th year yeah. anniversary that's incredible congratulations so the the your family do you come from an entrepreneurial family I don't actually <clears throat> it's kind of funny my my dad was a school teacher my parents immigrated from England in 1958 and my dad was a school teacher um, so probably about as far from an entrepreneurial family as you can get um, and I just um, like I say, I had a few jobs and I, and I grew up thinking, I just want to have more control and do my own thing and be more of a master of my own destiny. And, and opportunity presented itself. And uh, so, yeah, hence, hence here we are. So for, for Nortrans, were, is that a company that existed or did you start that company? So, so here goes the long story, okay. the 30 years. So um, my wife's family owns a kitchen cabinet company in Kelowna, uh, Kitchens by Westwood, or Westwood Fine Cabinetry mm -hmm. now. It was Kitchens by Westwood at the time. Um, knowing that I had wanted to do something on my own, I used to be a sales rep, and I was a sales rep for 10 years driving all over British Columbia. And I really enjoyed the, the driving part of it and started to enjoy the sales part of it less. So my father-in-law passed away in 1991 and my, uh, my wife and her mother and her sister uh, were running Westwood after that. And they, they said to me, look, we've, we're the biggest kitchen cabinet manufacturer between Vancouver and Calgary. And we know you love trucks and you love driving and you know all about trucks. Can you help us buy a truck? We need to up the, the level of um, quality, I guess, and, and image of our delivery service. So I said, sure, I'd be happy to. And then laying in bed one night, the light bulb went off and I thought, why don't I buy the truck? This is something, this is a way for me to get into my own business doing what I love. So long story short, I went out and bought a truck and started delivering kitchen cabinets for Westwood Fine Cabinetry at that time. So I was doing that and uh, quickly realized that there was more opportunity and, and there wasn't enough for one truck. So I went out and... Um, met a, who is now a dear friend of mine um, but at that time I bought my very first truck from a gentleman named Blaine Paderni at Cooks and Motors another long time Kelowna family business mm -hmm. and so I bought a, my first big truck from from Cooks and Motors and started doing that and then from there opportunities just came up through different customers of Westwood uh, bought another truck uh, for hauling lumber and hardwoods that went to um, Westwood and different cabinet shops and different millwork shops and hired a driver to put on the kitchen cabinet delivery because it's a very it's a it's a tough job you're hauling heavy cabinets in and out of homes up and down stairs 
so yeah, and I bought a, a, another truck that I drove from there, and um, I also had worked for Jeff Vanderzam at Art Naps for a couple of years, and Jeff and I had a, a good relationship, and, and we I, I left on good terms, and um, Jeff said, have, have you ever thought about buying a crane truck or a high ab truck, because I need to I need help delivering my paving stones for my landscaping jobs and my, my big trees and all that kind of stuff. So I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So I started asking around and just doing some research in town to see if that kind of equipment was needed. It's, it's a big and expensive piece of equipment. Anyway, again, jumping forward, it was, I bought it and I, and I did that. So I had continuously hired people to fill my shoes where I had been and then I, I operated the crane slash high ab truck for probably about eight years on my own and, and really loved it. It was an exciting, exciting job. You never knew from one day to the next what you were going to be doing. I did hauling cell towers to the top of mountains, getting dragged up with D8 cats, propane tanks to the top of ski resorts, uh, little railroad cars into gold mines, just all mm -hmm. kinds of really cool stuff. Uh, at that point, I decided it was time to work on the business, not in the business. So I sort of made the transition from being in a truck to being in the, in the office. So curious, Derek, when, uh, and I won't, not the exact age, but which decade, the 20s or the 30s or the 40s, what decade was the first truck? I think I was 30 years old when I got okay. my first truck, yeah. And I mean, a, I mean, I'm vehicle illiterate on a good day, but, but I mean, logic says, a, a semi-truck or a truck isn't something that you just go and buy every day. So right. it's, it's a, a decent size investment. Yeah. Would you have uh, paid for that personally? Did you have to go knock on doors uh, to a bank to, to finance? Was it easy uh, to get financing at that time if it was financed? Um, my first truck that I bought was actually a used uh, budget Ford E350 cube van. So that was my way of easing in. I think I paid okay. about $11,000 for it okay. at the time. Okay. And so, and, and I financed it. I mean, it wasn't a lot to finance, but uh, you know, it was it, not knowing how things were going to go. You know, it was a manageable payment and yeah. uh, quickly like I said, outgrew that within about two months and then bought, went and bought a five ton from Cooks and Motors. And, and yeah. uh, that was, I think, if I remember correctly, $52,000 rings a bell at the time. And it was in 1992. Uh, so yeah, the, the ante kept going up in terms of dollars. And, and it's always scary when you make an investment like that and you expand to make sure that, you know, you but, but obviously again, it all worked out and, uh, and, and paid for itself. So let me fast forward to, to today. The, the company today is, you have how many, how many employees? Employees, we have about 85. Okay, yeah. and, and how many trucks? About 65 employees. 65 to 68 if you count a few spare drivers and we've got 18, 18 people in the office. Okay, yeah. and, and the trucks are owned by the company? Or the drivers or we have a combination okay. um, of company owned mainly company owned trucks um, and we've got I, it, the, the number kind of fluctuates over time people come and people go but I think we have about 12 owner operators that that run their own trucks that okay. work under our our authority and our umbrella 
So it sounds like it's been a nice natural progression of, of growth. You, you, you started and you got validation that there was an appetite or a need for the service. You yeah. filled it and then you got another and another and exactly. another. Uh, so the, the not coming from an entrepreneurial background, but, but marrying an yep. entrepreneurial, that's helpful. Was, was there a mentor that helped you or did most of the, the decisions that you made in the company, were they, were they those gut decisions or how did you? Uh, mostly gut decisions. Um, I'd say my wife was a very much support, uh, yeah. you know, a, a great support to me going through the entrepreneurial you know, time of growth and, and, and she's very, I guess I'll say bold and forward thinking uh, where I tend to be a little more cautious. Um, so that, you know, so she was a great support. Um, but you're right, it was, it was very much an organic, sort of a slower organic growth. Uh, I, I met a gentleman uh, down at Vancouver. As a matter of fact, we were introduced by one of our, our common um, customers and, and so he offered, he, he, was, he was fabulous actually, he was uh, somewhat of a mentor and he actually offered to get me, he, had, he had some trucks in Kelowna and he offered to sell them to me and give me the customers. And that really launched sort of my growth, sort of a slower organic growth into, into bigger. So we went from five tons and one tons into uh, Super B's and, and which are the dual trailer tractor and two trailers. So. so is that the the acquisition of, of microtransport no. or that was pre so that almost that, that was, was this, way before yeah so yeah. that and again uh, I know with our company when we um, looked at acquisitions or mergers you look at your financials and you see these these big bumps of growth yeah. and the and the holding or the continuing of that client base so you you got a taste of that so it was a great way for me to ease into this next level and it, I'm very fortunate that I, I ran into this gentleman and his name was Laszlo Heimer and uh, he's so Laszlo and I worked together for a number of years after that and that allowed me to get into a different level, a different market of trucking up in the Okanagan mm -hmm. and, and he focused primarily down on the coast. Um, and Laszlo then years later decided that he wanted to retire. So my original company was called DSN Transport, that was, that's my initials. And uh, at the last minute, you're in the lawyer's office and they say, okay, you've got a numbered company. Is that what you want? You need to put a name on it. And I'm like, uh, so yeah, it wasn't a lot of thought went into it. But anyway, so I bought Leslie's company. He came to me, he said, look, I want to retire. You're the natural, you know, we work together. Uh, you're the natural uh, choice to, to take over. His company was called New Trucks at the time and N-E-W-T-R-U-X. So I bought new trucks and that was a big acquisition. That was in, that was seven years ago, about seven and a half years ago, 2014. Okay. So we bought new trucks back then and it was sort of a David and Goliath thing because new trucks was actually bigger than DSN. I think DSN had roughly 15 trucks at that point and new trucks was about 25. So we bought new trucks back then and operated new trucks and then New Trucks and DSN had a lot of customers in common. So for operational efficiencies and, and administrative efficiencies, we thought, let's, let's amalgamate these two companies and 
Should we call it new truck? Should we call it DSN? I didn't really like either name that much, so I said let's call it through a lot of uh, grinding out different name choices and whatnot. Um, because we're federally regulated, we cannot have a, com a, a name that uh, anybody else in the whole country has, actually in the continent, uh, okay. in, in, in the US North or Canada, okay. because we're federally regulated. So okay. it took a long time to come up with Nortrans, but I, we came up with that. As a matter of fact, that's kind of a funny story. We, we Choice after choice after choice got rejected. Decline, decline, decline. Yeah. And one day I was driving and I, I used a, a, a local guy in here. It was called True Crane, T-R-U Crane. And yeah. I thought, that's kind of an odd name. So uh, he actually came and did some work for us and he handed me his card and his invoice and it said Andrew Truman. Oh, True Okay, I get the True Crane. All of a sudden the light went off. Nor Trans. Yeah, Norman and Nor Trans. So, and I thought, if, if we ever sell or change hands or anything like that, it could be North, it could be Norm, it could be any, Nor can be, be anything. anything, right? So anyway, Nortrans was accepted as a choice. So we, we renamed, uh, we amalgamated, renamed, rebranded. And uh, yeah, and, and that kind of, that. so we've been Nortrans for, uh, it'll be three years on our next anniversary. Okay. Same ownership, same everything, just a new name. A new just name. an amalgamation of the two companies, yeah. So then, Microtrans transportation services came yes. after that. Micro a was seven, Micro is, is a now. recent trans uh, acquisition. That yeah. was uh, that was just back this, this past March. Okay. So, as a matter of fact, the gentleman I bought Micro from is working in our office right now today. He's still based out of Chilliwack, but he's up here working with us, uh, just training. Um, but yeah, he gentleman just through word of mouth and drivers and whatnot, heard that he might be interested in selling. He and I started talking, uh, realized fairly quickly that it was gonna be a good fit for him and I personally, and for the um, values of both companies. Uh, he was very concerned about selling to somebody who was going to can carry on with his values and his way of doing business. And I, likewise, I didn't wanna inherit um, somebody who was you know, doing, different, doing things differently. So we started talking. It ended up being quite a long process. It took about six months to get through it all. But uh, yeah, so in, I think it was March, end of March, uh, we sealed the deal and we uh, now have microtransport as well, which we still run as a separate division, but it's called Nortrans, but we keep it a little separate on the books just to, just to track it separately. So 30 years in, if I if I went back in time and asked you uh, what you wanted to be when you when you grew up, would would you have had no. <laughs> any idea that you would own this incredible incredible uh, trucking company? You know, no, I, I wouldn't have ever thought that. Even when I started, I, I loved it, and and I still do. Um, it's certainly more challenging as the years go by with regulations and, and everything's just more challenging than it was 30 years ago but even when I had 10 or trucks 10 or, or, or 12 trucks I I never imagined then that I would keep going to where it's at now it was just so sort of a, a lack of planning I guess and vision on my part but it, it just kept taking it as it came and and yeah, like I say here we are so we are are now um, I've got a great team in the office just fabulous and so we're we're in a really strong position now to continue acquiring and uh, continue to run our business uh, we're, we're moderate modernizing uh, everything we're, we're going 
everything electronic, we're becoming paperless. Mm -hmm. My son now works with a company and he's 27 and he's a big advocate of, um, he called us a, a bunch of dinosaurs in the office <laughs> and he says, we've got to go paperless because in trucking there's a ton of paper and modernizing is helping us go paperless and he's, he's an advocate for that. So many questions I have in that. Is Derek, would your would your son being in the company be that succession planning? Is there any um, real thought uh, about retirement on the horizon, or are you are you still just absolutely loving it? And I'm actually at a position now where um, I will say it's the people, and, and I say you need a, a psychology degree before you need a business degree to be in business <laughs> these days. But, I like that. But uh, no, my son and like I said, we've got a fabulous team. So my plan now is to just not step out, but step back. And I've started to step back mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, I'm um, just enjoying doing what I want to do in life a little bit more mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. some of my hobbies. So um, certainly I'm involved every day, going to the office every day, but I'm not there from seven till five or seven till six like I used to be. And like I say, we've got a fabulous team now, and uh, they they allow me that freedom. So it's great. I think you probably earned it. <laughs> uh, so the the trucking industry, if I look at at artificial intelligence or the the driverless vehicles, is there when you look forward uh, to the next decade? Uh, or even even 2022. Yeah. Is is there anything that keeps you awake at night that has you worried, or is it is it is it really subscribing to your to your son's uh, comment about uh, staying current, changing? You have to, or you get left behind. I mean, there. This is a transition in my mind. My opinion is to there's always the old old school trucking and and it was cowboys really i mean it was you know how do you get around the rules how can you make everything work and and skirt the rules and and you can't do that anymore and to be successful you need to be compliant you need to keep up you need to do things the right way and, and that's our motto is we do the things the right way um, we don't want to take shortcuts so in terms of autonomous vehicles um, in again my opinion that's mm -hmm. that might work from San Francisco to LA or LA to San Diego or where there's mm -hmm. no snow, no steep hills like we have on the Coquihalla, what used to be the Coquihalla. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that that would work here. I mean, maybe at some point when technology improves, sure. but certainly not now. We, we have drivers that spin out on hills every night and have to get out and chain up or slide down backwards. And I, I don't know how you manage that in an autonomous vehicle. Mm -hmm. uh, we are really um, pro Moving forward again, this is this is my son's influence, being being young and of that generation, um, very pro going electric and going mm -hmm. reducing our carbon footprint as technology allows us to. Mm -hmm. um, British Columbia is known as one of the hardest places to truck in North America because of our our hills, our our climate, and all that sort of thing. Um, so the technology electric technology going forward will have to advance quite a bit more. We have, so in the U.S., typically you can pull about, your tractor and trailer with the load on it weighs about 80,000 pounds. Here we do 140. And so they do 80,000 pounds on flat roads at 20 degrees Celsius 
we do 140,000 pounds on a 10% grade when it's minus 15. So electric technology doesn't work yet. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to slowly implement on some of the smaller vehicles that we can when the technology is available here and the uh, infrastructure is available in terms of repairing it and whatnot. But uh, we're, so we, we do want to be at the forefront of being, you know, a leading company in, uh, in new technology and electric mm-hmm. or hydrogen and or hydrogen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had the privilege of watching uh, something that you mentioned before uh, right. we started to film uh, a, about a two minute video. Yeah. Uh, on your company and it was it was an it was a, so heartfelt you could feel the passion there was two things that really stood out for me in the video and one was uh, the comment from one of the drivers that that we dispatch drivers not trucks right and yeah. I thought that was uh, it w- it had such an impact and the other piece uh, that really really stood out to me and I I, I think it's something that maybe you live and breathe every day in the company and that is that you will not uh, let down a partner uh, yeah. or your client and that 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 comes from obviously the corporate culture it comes from the leadership and is is uh, was very obvious to me in the video so would love to love to know what the inspiration uh, for the video was um, again, bringing in some youth, uh, you know, being a dinosaur, I, I kind of, oh, okay. my son said, dad, we need to, we need to step up our, our marketing and, and our, our presence. And, and I want to do a video and I know somebody and I'm like, and he was great. He went out and got a grant to do it actually. And, uh, so part of it was covered by a grant. Mm-hmm. And so he, he just took it on himself and it's, it's been one of the most, uh, successful and one of the things that made me the most proud is watching that video it's it just like wow this is 30 years of 30 years of, of work in two minutes captured and you couldn't say it better you know mm-hmm. it's just uh, how we uh, feel about our drivers how we feel about our customers our which are partners we've got what I call the a list of, of customers or partners we, we deal with people that are amazing every day yeah we haul their freight they trust us to do it and we within you know uh, reason never let them down we'll bend over backwards so yeah I love it it has been wonderful uh, for me to hear about your company and and what you've done I certainly appreciate you coming in and sharing and I hope it inspires uh, others to maybe look at at your industry and and it's a really interesting industry and, and there's lots of room for for people in it that's so. wonderful. Actually, Derek, before we close, I am curious about one thing. When I was reading, uh, I try and do a little bit of research before we get together, not a lot. Right. Uh, there was a, a section on the site that really spoke or stood out to me that was around the female uh, driver, the the women coming into the industry. Yeah. Is there uh, is there programs that encourage this? Is there metrics of numbers that are trying to be met is it a good job uh for females it's it's more of a i mean yes it certainly can be for sure um it i guess a female would have to want to do it obviously to to do it but there's no reason um that 
that a lady, a female, cannot be as good a driver, and in most cases, probably better. Mm. Um, a lot of men are, we're just men, and, and, and <laughs> right, you, you just put your foot to the floor and you jam things, and, and ladies tend to be a lot easier on equipment. They don't have quite as oh. harsh, uh, you know. A, Expectation a, or demand. Yeah, just they're, they're a little softer, and, mm. and equipment like soft. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we don't currently have any uh, female drivers. We have, um, and they've been great. Um, but uh, certainly wouldn't hesitate, you know. It's just, uh, it's not an industry that attracts a lot of female drivers, and, and there is uh, Trucking HR Canada, uh, which is a national HR firm for for uh, for yes. trucking yeah. is always trying to attract. You know, mm -hmm. I think they call it uh, I can't remember what it's called the driving women of driving or something like that. But yeah, so there's there's always a, a a push to try and get more ladies involved in the industry. Well, and that's something that you really see in the Okanagan. You look at what Okanagan College does with um, trades, women in trades. Yeah. You look at uh, home builders. And, and the large amount of women that are stepping into construction and um, it's it's uh, I think it's it's good for uh, filling positions and and I think we yeah. might have some challenges ahead of us in in all of our businesses and all of our sectors absolutely in, in filling um, skilled skilled workers and, yeah. and getting getting employees so Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, you just go to Tim Hortons or know, wherever. It, there's a shortage of people everywhere. So, yeah. And and trucking is no exception. Well, you know, actually, that is a good note to close on, Derek. The the fact that um, supply and demand is so obvious. You're in stores right now, and you're seeing empty shelves. And and I think it's a, a good opportunity for for everyone. Uh, to give thanks and gratitude for oh, you and your you. drivers and getting goods and, yeah. and and products into into stores and into homes and uh, we thank yeah. you for all the amazing work you guys like do. Like the Pony Express, we try and get through everything to get the <laughs> get the product delivered. <laughs> Appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming thank in, you. Derek. It's been a pleasure. Thanks.